It's sometime in the future. The ultimate challenge. Crossfire. Welcome to the second best show, where today we're talking second best 90s board game. My name is Ori Aviv, and I'm joined by my second best co-hosts, Sam Cohen. Hiya. And Bobby Downey. Yo. Was it a pretty, pretty princess with a mousetrap at the mall? Find out on today's show. Is Mario Party a board game? (laughs) Uh, I mean, it is. It's a digital board game. Do they still make video games that have the uh, like the physical components where it's like a chessboard or something? Like last five years plus, there was like a whole category called like Toys to Life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Skylanders and well, like Lego tried to do one. That is what I'm talking about, yeah. It's a real money pit. and Most of them were garbage. Um, the only ones that were, were, I think, that were cool were like the Nintendo Amiibo ones because... <clears throat> At the end of the day, you have a little doll of a thing you like, um, mm. which I thought is neat. You know what is cool? There's a <laughs> there's basically a, a bunch of stores around here. They probably have them down in L.A. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically like Kickstarter, the store <laughs> where it's sort of like a new cutting edge version of uh, what's that store? Uh, Brookstone, mm-hmm. you know, so it's mm-hmm. like stuff like pro- like cutting edge tech and weird products and Anyways, they have a chessboard that you can play asynchronously, like a physical chessboard. And so you can have one and I can have one. And then it's like I, we're playing chess together, but it's like a ghost board. And then we don't have to play at the same time. So like I could just be sitting here with the chessboard and then all of a sudden like I just see like a rook move or a pawn or whatever. I'm like, oh, Sam took his turn. <laughs> it's fucking cool it's like this go- like ghostly chessboard and i very much want it i like that um bobby are you are you fo- are you uh following through on your plan to be a drop bear to all the visiting children so i would like to be a drop bear but we don't get enough trick-or-treaters so i can't like jump off the roof and scare many people i could probably scare the amazon delivery guy <laughs> but uh yeah that's probably about it that would be his like last straw <laughs> mm-hmm. you know he's been delivering he's been delivering all day all week and then just there's a grown-ass man in a bear suit and he just dropped on me yeah. right some dickhead is just like jumping out of the bushes or whatever and he's like come on man like, I'm like boo give me eucalyptus <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm glad i'm missing my daughter's trick-or-treating for this <laughs> Uh, so, so interesting, uh, interesting weekend, uh, traveled to Nashville to see, uh, one Ori Vive co-host, uh, of second best show. We had a blast and, uh, we missed you, Sam. Um, we played some, uh, we played some fun board games. What I will say though, uh, about the trip is downtown Nashville is fucking insane is it hopping yeah it's fucking insane i like that place is crazier than las vegas really yeah 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 and that was and that was during the daytime during during the goddamn day 
I used to live in Austin in Sixth Street, right? Like it was like the the place. It's a huge like strip, like restaurants, bars, live music, like like everything you could possibly imagine on Sixth Street. It gets insane. UT gets out and everyone's just like, it's head to Sixth Street. It's like nothing, like drop in the bucket compared to Nashville. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, the only other time I've felt that overwhelmed by the sheer amount of people on the street one time was Vegas and it was um NBA All-Star weekend just walking down the the road oh yeah yeah the yeah. other the other was um Times Square mm, yeah uh, um and and Times Square I literally I think I've spent about a grand total of 4 minutes that is all you need take the subway there come up to street level Take a look around. Turn around. Come right back down. Yeah. That's literally what I did. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Nashville. <laughs> all those drunk. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it it may not have been, like, a ton of people. Because, like, I was in, like, yeah, like, Times Square or Grand Central Station. Like, that was, like, a, obviously, like, a massy humanity. But most of the people are just, like, they're just trying to get where they're going. Uh, not, people aren't, like, wilding out. Like, Nashville's, like, people are, like, fucking screaming and singing and getting drunk. And I've never seen, like, uh, like a tractor. A small tractor pulling a bigger tractor full of drunk people. And then like that tractor's <laughs> pulling another tractor. It was fucking bananas. I, I, I was all about it. It was, very, <laughs> it was very fun. Yeah, so it was fun. And we wish you were there, Sam. And now now that Bobby's been here, Sam, it's your turn. I know. Second best friend. G- give me a little <laughs> bit of... <laughs> <laughs> Sam <laughs> <laughs> one one day we will have a true second best summit yes oh that'd be great <laughs> yeah. uh speaking of crazy ass fun tell me what's your relationship to board games gentlemen do you like them do you play them did you play them when you were a kid are you about it i played them when i was a kid uh i am dangerous when it comes to board games because i am very very competitive uh, i am the rare combination of both a sore loser and a sore winner um so <laughs> i am not somebody that you normally want to play uh board games with um but played when i was a kid a lot of the games that we're gonna talk about today nice ori board game player sore winner sore loser where you at um i am typically yeah i've played lots of board games uh especially when i was a kid growing up in the 90s uh i do like board games i have a bunch um i don't play them as often as i used to which is kind of sad but uh yeah a lot of fun i am not a sore winner or sore loser um i have games that i know i can win at better than others and i have my Mm -hmm. strategies for that and so i make sore losers (laughs) um I have <laughs> You're just out there's there chapping that ass, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a there's a trail of sore losers that have played Monopoly against me, um, <laughs> which is just a which is a trash game. Um, but awful. Uh, yeah, awful. Um, Official yeah, second no, best show sure. stands. Monopoly. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get fucked. Monopoly. Get fucked. Get fucked. Monopoly. Um, Bobby, I would say that I'm a normie uh, board game player. Ori sounds like he's a normie plus uh, board game player. Um, but I think you would describe yourself as, uh, I don't know, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, you know, I'm a bit of a uh, video game aficionado. Um, once a once game critic. And then, so yeah, by extension, I love gaming. 
gameplay design, things like that. So yeah, I'm super into board games, super into tabletop role-playing games. Uh, as you know, you are uh, a large percentage of our current D&D group. But uh, I was really inspired this week thinking about there's a bit of a board game renaissance that's been going on for, yeah. man, I don't know. I think we've been riding this out last like 10 years. It's, just, it's felt like they kind of just like came back and there's so much like innovation and new gameplay design and like so much experimentation that I wanted to talk about where a lot of the stuff came from. And I felt like nineties was another big boom. So today we're talking about second best nineties board game. This won't be like every board game. It's really going to just going to be focusing on things that kind of had like their moment or a kind of a boom in the nineties. And if it was something you were going to see like a commercial for while you're watching Ninja Turtles, it's probably going to be on this list. I feel like this is a topic that we're going to come back to quite often. Just uh, thinking about it from different angles. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. For any new time listeners, yeah. Um, how did we come up with this bracket that we're going to be talking about today? Well, it's very scientific, uh, and it's uh, we utilize machine learning algorithms, sure, to create this list. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of some like passion picks. Like a lot of these are kind of like personally focused or. Um, yeah, stuff that kind of hit in the nineties, maybe it's not around anymore. Okay. Most of these did not come out in the nineties, but they kind of hit their broad appeal in the nineties. Yeah. And I think you'll see over time, uh, if you look into anything, you look in the history, a lot of these things, um, they sort of, once a lot of these games get like old, like long on the tooth, they get remixed or rebranded or updated and, you know, um, and yeah, for a new generation, uh, for better or for worse. So, uh, yeah, so a lot of traditional stuff we're leaving off of this stuff. Like, uh, you know, there's no parcheesy, there's no chess, there's no this and that. Um, so yeah, so some of it's a little bit of nineties kitsch, but I think that's kind of what I wanted to zero in on. Uh, and as usual, if you're a longtime listener of the show or you're new to the show, I think it's time we should talk about our top tier lockouts. Top tier lockouts. I will go first. My top tier lockout is Guess Who. That's my jam. That is like a police lineup as a as a board game. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's still like the dude with the mustache. There's still like the woman with the beehive hairdo and everything. Yeah, that's a that's a nice game too because you can kind of play that with anybody. You can play that with anybody. Yeah, you can play that with adults over drinks or just hanging out or like a kid, an adult, or two kids. Right? Like it's super adaptable. And you haven't uh, experienced pure joy until you've taken a guess who board and flipped it over and hear that satisfying plastic on plastic, like clack, 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 clack. Oh, Ori, what's your lockout? I like yours. Uh, mine is uh, <laughs> the pebble game, Mancala. I had a lot Love of, uh, I've, yeah, I had a lot of fun with Mancala. Kind of a mathy game, right? Have you guys both played Mancala? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really simple. I played it so often during this one period of my life that I was kind of seeing the matrix of it all. <laughs> you know, when you're, when you, you know, when you like get into something like, I don't know, I, I guess obsessively or like just so much you're, you, you, you find yourself like, I don't know, just kind of getting it beyond like the normal amount. And so like, mm-hmm. that's, that's where I was at with it. Uh quick reco, uh, speaking of chess a little bit, uh, good series, It's a Vox series um, on Netflix called Explained. And there is an episode about chess, which is fascinating. I know chess is also kind of having a moment right now. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to see all the changes that the game's gone through uh, over the years. Hmm. So my lockout 
is Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, during this year in the 90s, this was sort of like peak second edition, which was um, anecdotally, from my experience, probably one of the better loved editions of D&D. So it was in full swing in the 90s. Uh, the current version of D&D is actually very... Got a lot of DNA from second edition, so I'm locking that out. Uh, and I sort of see board game, tabletop game, sort of being co- like synonymous and encompassing all of these things. So like tabletop RPGs, board games, card games, collectible card games, as we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but gentlemen, since we covered lockouts, we talked about board games. Are you ready? To, are you ready to get to it? Oh, I'm excited. Oh, Let's do it. I am. Yes, I'm very excited. I have a raging erection. Yeah, I'm hard as a rock. Uh, first, I would like to let you know that this uh, episode of The Second Best Show is brought to you by this massive Mexican Coke that I bought. Ooh. And the cane sugar inside that's going to power me through the rest of this evening. That is gigantic, yeah. Did it come out of a mascot's gaping mouth? Yeah, uh, Mexican Coke man stopped by and foomed. <laughs> And I caught it, and I was like, thanks! And then, like, me and a bunch of children, like, cheered. Yay! He's like, that's what you get when you say my name in front of the mirror five times. And then Boy appeared out of nowhere and just started devouring him, and me and the children screamed and we ran. Round one. Theme for this round, gentlemen, is best gameplay. Brass tacks, I like it. Uh, first matchup, round one. Theme is best gameplay. Uh, this first matchup is some serious 90s kitsch. Uh, this is a kitch off. It is Mousetrap versus Electronic Mall Madness. And I want to say that this is the very good, very fun electronic version of Mall Madness, which is peak Mall Madness. Mm-hmm. So tell me, have you guys played either of these? What's your experience with these? Um, I will start with Mousetrap. Um, well, so first of all, okay, so Mousetrap, uh, Mousetrap itself, the game. Um, it's on, it's, it's physical, it's on a board, it's three dimensional, and you're basically building a Rube Goldberg machine. And, um, it's cooperative. Um, you're all, you're all kind of working together, um, which don't get me started on cooperative games. (laughs) A game needs a winner. (laughs) Don't get me started on cooperative games. (laughs) So then once you once you build the entire mousetrap, then you, uh, you know, start playing against the against against other people. A theme for board games in my house growing up was constantly losing pieces. We were very, very bad about keeping all the pieces in the in the actual box. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was it was a fun game. I had had a lot of fun, fun playing this. Well, like hour long setup, then you play for 15 minutes. Yeah. And you're like this. This is boring. Let's move on. Yeah boring the gameplay of it is a little tedious yeah the the it's the gameplay itself is a little rudimentary they it's it's sort of like the big draw is like the the building the Rube goldbergness of it right like these interlocking yeah. little right toys right. and trap systems and stuff where again i think this sometimes like this veers towards like this is a more of a fun toy than it is a good game i would say that the draw of the game or the fun part of the game is the rube goldberg side of things it's about the journey man uh no i get it like yeah but like the setting up right but it's all about like the triggering all those mm-hmm. things you know? oh for sure yeah 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 it's sort of like dom <laughs> what's that game um 
just like regular dominoes or that domino rally, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I spent like six hours putting this together. And now like two seconds, like, cool. You know, when I played this game as a kid, I don't think I ever played it with all the pieces. Like I, I in my head, mm. the game never came complete. um yeah so it was fun i i would say that mousetrap um i it's it's the only game that i can think of on at least on our list which has kids essentially playing as extremely inefficient exterminators (laughs) yeah i remember it had like this aspect of like it could be cooperative but it could be also like you can turn on people and trigger traps on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that, you know, it was a good setup for like double crosses um, <laughs> and betrayal. Um, do, do you remember the, uh, like the, it was like a plastic bathtub and like, like I could picture in my head, like a half constructed mousetrap <laughs> with like the blue plastic thing that like had like switchbacks and the, um, and like four legs to it. Um, the little red uh, plastic like bathtub looking thing, um, the the net like the cage on a stick, mm-hmm. right? And then you would hit the thing, and the cage would come down. Yeah, good shit, good shit. Yeah, it's it's imagine like imagine hiring the Orkin man, and you're like, okay, you know, do your thing, and then like twenty minutes later, you or an hour later, you come out just to check on him, and he's got like these like intricate traps like everywhere. <laughs> So it's going to hit this, right? And it's going to send the yeah. marble. The marble's going to go yeah. rolling down this gutter, right? And then the, it hits the bottom of the gutter, <laughs> strikes this match. Match hits an M80. Yeah. Mouse is eating the cheese kaboom over mouth. <laughs> I'm a goddamn professional. I would like to see a modern, a re-release of Mousetrap, but it's like an MC Escher painting, right? Mm. But it's like in 3D. Um, and it just drives children to the edge of to the edge of insanity because like they can't figure out how, <laughs> how the how, how the mousetrap is actually supposed to work because it never actually like gets to the bottom. I don't like 4D mousetrap. <laughs> so yeah, mousetrap. I don't. Know, I I have a uh, pretty good pretty good memories of yeah of mousetrap. It's going to be up there for me. Yeah, yeah. me too. Mousetrap. All right, that was mousetrap. First uh, published in 1963. 58 years old. Still kicking. I think. Yeah, hasn't hasn't reached retirement age yet. Uh, next one, Mousetrap's competitor, Electronic Mob Madness. Uh, my sister and I played the absolute shit out of this game. And mm-hmm. I remember being a dick about it because I was like, oh, I don't want to play that game. It's so stupid. And then we became obsessed with it. And then it just sort of became this thing over like decades where we'd have people over, like party or whatever. We'd be like, yo, we're getting out the Electronic Mob Madness. And then people would be like, I don't know. It sounds kind of bad. And then we would just make these, create these acolytes of electronic ball madness. Like, uh, no, dude, trust me. Yeah, trust me. You got to play this. So, like, the basic premise is um, it is uh, how to teach children about capitalism. Yep. Um, get them young. It is. Yeah, got to get them young. Uh, you are all like shoppers in this mall board that you build with like fun store names and a fun board. And in the center is the electronic part of it. The center is sort of like the bank or the thing that you engage with that tells you like phases of the game. Um, So you'll be moving around. You'll have different objectives. Like I have to go buy X, Y, and Z at these different stores. Uh, You hit the little like talking bank and it'll tell you there's a sale. 
at the department store. <laughs> and then you're like, fuck, my fucking strategy just changed. Just changed, changed the whole fucking game. Now I got to get this asshole across the mall up to the second story uh, to go to the department store. Um, it would also announce, uh, you know, like uh, hazards or other things that would happen to you and like set you back. Um, and also you have had these like little debit cards that you literally like put into a slot. Like you're just like teaching kids how to use an ATM. It was so satisfying to swipe that card. And yep. especially when you're a kid, when you're a kid, there's nothing more magical than a fucking credit card sure. where it's like, yeah, because you want to be like the adults, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it's like a little thing and you swipe it and then you own a thing. Yeah. You buy this game and it teaches the children how to buy useless shit. So it's basically grooming it's grooming your it's grooming your kids to be capitalist spenders. So you could play this game and be a consumer, or you could play Monopoly and be a one percenter. Mm-hmm. Again, the middle class gets passed over every goddamn time. <laughs> no. No, you get the game of life. Oh, yeah. There's a van. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's exactly. a van and a shitload of kids. Good luck, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I, I recently uh, have been playing that game again, and it was very depressing to play as an adult. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's like, oh, do you want to go to college and, and, you know, go into debt? Or do you want to, like, have a cap of your career for the entire game? It's very depressing. <laughs> Ugh. We should do a modern version just called like existential dread. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should they? <laughs> Should they? Really? Yep. Draw the deadly pandemic card. I will say another thing that kind of struck me about electronic mall madness is it has the word madness in it. <laughs> like I'm 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 unhinged. I'm at the mall and I'm just just <laughs> buying everything. Like Yeah, it was a you know, it's like Black Friday, right? I think that- I don't know the lore of the game. I don't know why everyone's so mad, but it is this like, yeah, competitive, like competitive shopping. So yeah, it's kind of a black Friday, the board game. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in the modern take, like they should introduce like credit scores or something like, or just let you like stampede over other players. Ooh. Ooh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, For not great deals. Uh, but yeah, so I think, you know, uh, it being, uh, capitalism training wheels aside, I think the actual like construction, like the, the pieces in the board, how it's constructed, how you play, um, is really fun. And I think that badness or that like franticness Mm -hmm. of rushing to complete these tasks and then the sort of random chaos that the game introduces kind of makes it feel fresh. Like every time you play. Um, it didn't it have like the uh, kind of like an avatar for a uh, um, food court. There was like a pizza place or something. Uh, Antichovies Pizza. There we go. So what I'm getting at here is that they were leaving money on the table by by not having an Auntie Anne's there. <laughs> or a hot dog on a stick. Or a hot dog on a stick. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see modern mall madness where it's just. Uh, people in the afterworld battling over uh, who gets to claim the mall um, as that will be the fortresses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this will be the fortresses of tomorrow. Yeah. It'd be like a, a bunch of abandoned JC pennies. And <laughs> yes, there there would be the, the, the abandoned JC penny that becomes spirit Halloween once a year. Um, there would be the karate studio. <laughs> there would be like the comic book shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some derelict water fountains, a hobby lobby Spencer's. That's still a thing. I'll need your help here, guys. I think that in terms of gameplay, 
I think there was more to it with Electronic Mall Madness than Mousetrap. Yeah, I think uh, Mousetrap, big draw there, obviously, is that Rube Goldberg machine. Mm-hmm. But I think Electronic Mall Madness, from a gameplay perspective, is something that I would still play for fun today, just from pure nostalgia. Also, uh, So yeah, I think for me, best gameplay vote, I'm locking it in for Electronic Mall Madness. Yeah, it's unanimous. I want to swipe that credit card. It's unanimous. Electronic Mall Madness. Let's go into debt with Electronic Mall Madness. Let's learn about interest rates. (laughs) Mall sadness. Oh. (laughs) All right, next up. What do we got? Next matchup. Still round one. Theme, best gameplay. Uh, Next up here, we have Clue, or uh, known around most of the world cluedo no yeah it's called cluedo i think it's north america where it's only referred to as clue so cluedo that classic game versus the juggernaut uh that was magic the gathering very heavy card based gameplay so tell me uh, of these which of you guys played what do you like what tell me your, your history with these i'll play clue uh whenever whenever i can whenever whenever it's around it is always a lot of fun um and i always think that i have i always think that i have like the perfect strategy uh for the game um and then um it always falls apart uh in the last like you know the last couple rounds of the game are you trying to like are you one of the guys you're trying to call it early to to get ahead oh yeah it's mac Mac tonight with the (laughs) knife in the mcdonald's play place Yeah, I got the like the little golf pencil and a little, uh, you know, um, pad of paper. And like, I'm checking things off. I'm like circling things. I got like the red yarn that going like from picture to picture and everything. Um, and then like, I think I got it. And then, um, you know, I always uh, I get too big for my britches. Uh, I get a little too confident. Um, and then and then I always lose it in that last final round. You guys, I just like Bobby, you might be onto something with a clue game featuring the characters from the last episode. Yeah. Uh, horrifying mascot clue. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had fun with clue. I still have fun with clue. I think every house has like a clue. Yes. Box. It feels like it, right? a game that you should just get when you move in or buy a place. It's standard issue. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because it's got like, I haven't seen a, a game or a board game that's uh, adopted so many different like brands and themes. Like you've got, you know, mm-hmm. Simpsons clue and Ghostbusters clue and Star Wars clue. And just like, yeah, I was going to mention the same thing that um, like, it seems like at some point they decided they, at some point they discovered that they could, that they could make so much more money by just releasing the same game. Um, but with like different branded characters and stuff. So yeah, there's like Harry Potter clue, there's Walking Dead Clue. There's like at least 10 different Star Wars versions of Clue. Um, there's like, you know, Haunted Mansion Clue. I think it's uh, also uh, kind of similar with Monopoly, right? Like if you can name it, there's a version oh, right. of Monopoly for it. Like uh, stay tuned next month. Uh, the second best version of Monopoly is coming out. Comes with little Ori's, little Sam's, little Bobby's to play as. Yeah. No fucking railroads. Instead of railroads, <laughs> it's going to be dispensaries dispensaries yeah. uh-huh bobby i'm looking here and there is a dungeons and dragons clue Ooh, nice how would you guys you said there was movies 
they did something really cool with the movie where I, uh, where they put um they had four different endings for the movie. Did you guys know this that were playing at different movie theaters? Mm-hmm. Which I think was pretty cool for its time. Yeah, I wish more movies like fucked with people like that. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you guys? I'm curious. Um, so Clue has been around for a while, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's classic. It's ubiquitous. Everyone knows it. Um, I think it was cool because it kind of teaches you like the process of elimination, not really clues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Bobby, tell me about magic, the gathering, please, because, um, yeah, it kind of passed by me a little bit. Uh, so magic, the gathering was game, uh, developed by Richard Garfield, who would go on to create, uh, a number of of card-based games uh, to (laughs) uh, mixed results. Um, But the uh, probably one of his greatest successes um, is Magic the Gathering. Um, But how you play in the basic premise is this. You're playing Magic the Gathering. You choose a deck. You are a, for lack of a better word, sort of a wizard or a reality-shaping wizard. And you use mana to summon creatures um, like uh, and other spells to cast and it's sort of you versus another wizard. Um, and so how you do these things is you collect mana um, in the form of like land cards that are mixed into like a 60 card deck that you have. So you each start off, shuffle that big ass deck of cards, um, draw seven, hope you get some lands. Lands are basically kind of like a currency that you use. And how you sort of build that deck is sort of a strategy of what kind of um, those mana, those mana colors have different strategies. Black is very like, I'm a necromancer, dark magic, zombies, vampires, bats. Uh, I'm red damage. This is like goblins and fire magic and uh, things like that. So it's very fantasy driven. There's been so many iterations. It's still going very strongly to today. Um, And uh, it is a complicated game to play. Uh, it is not easy to learn. It is tough to master. It is fascinating and very fun once you get through all the crunchy rules and like learn how to play. Like it is very um, there's something chess like to it, where you're able to build and strategize a deck over time and refine it with cards. Uh, but yeah, I, I've played off and on for years. That's cool. And you're right. This is a very like it's still very popular. I know every time I go to the comic book shop, like there's always a bunch of tables set up with people playing. It's a brand now. I mean, it's not even oh, yeah. just that game. I mean, they've got right. They've got comic books and video games, and mm-hmm. yeah, they got picked up by Wizards of the Coast, who also owns Dungeons and Dragons. So there's a lot of like, um, like. Uh, oops, all crunch berries kind of stuff going on where there's a lot of uh, magic. There's actually some Magic the Gathering source books for D&D. And then there was actually just recently this year. Uh, yeah, this year there was a like a Dungeons and Dragons whole set for Magic the Gathering, which I played a bit of, uh, which is very cool because if you've ever seen a magic card, um, they're beautiful. Like the designs. They are. are cool. The like artwork the art, is great. Yeah. Yeah, the the artwork is 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 gorgeous, and so even if like they're just so, it, it, and that sort of made it fun to just collect, even if you weren't, um, you know, very into like you know the game or or staying current over the years. Like it was fun to collect those cards, and holy shit, some of those cards are worth a lot of money these days. 
Have you guys ever played it? I've not played it. I've been around people that have played it. Or it sounds like you've played it. Yes. But not... Nice. Not... I, I've played it at an introductory level. And uh, yeah. yeah, I've played it a few times. And there are there are like offshoots of it too, right? I've played versions of mm-hmm. what this is. It, um, in like some video games even have these types of games built like as as like sub you know as in game games a lot mm-hmm. of RPGs have these kind of things um and they're always a lot of fun did this kind of kick off like uh the big like deck building game kind of frenzy was this yeah i'd say like this was sort of like a yeah a standard bearer in that and i mean even if you look at something like um blizzards like hearthstone um i think you could draw a straight line between magic and that and that was a just a beast it made so much money um so yeah there's still a lot of stuff now that uh um is inspired by magic um it did a lot for this uh genre of games and i think um yeah that kind of seeped in like where he's at into video games but i i i do have one note uh, i do take umbrage here bobby um oh umbrage card i'm not sure why this wasn't a lockout this sounds to me like it sits on top of the pyramid with some of our other uh, top tiers games and mascots. And it, it yeah. sits right next to Ronald McDonald there at the top. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why it's not a lockout. It is expensive. It is cost prohibitive. Um, it is um, not very friendly to the player as far as price, especially when it's targeted like early on, like, you know, targeted kids and young people. Um, it's not easy to play because of the collectible nature of it. So it sort of drives this demand to be like getting boosters and, and, and buying more packs of cards that are random. These are not like set constructed decks that you're buying. Um, you're buying randomized boosters. So to me, um, there's another version of this where you can buy a living card game. Uh, very famously, the, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones have living card games where you just buy them. You're done. That's it. That's all the cards you bought them. You own them. Hmm. So there's the collectible nature, either like it it's cost prohibitive. And so I don't like that. And then also there's a bit of a pay to winness to it mm. where if you're spending more money, you're getting more cards, you're getting uh, more advantages to beat people. So um, I don't like that. The EA model, if you will. Fucking clash Royale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, I mean, look, you can, you know, look at this, like, this is, this is a pay to win model, right? Like that stuff kind of like coming together, Those you know, my- baseball cards. We talked about baseball cards, like X-Men cards and stuff for like X-Men cards were great. Cause I could buy them and I, I own them. I put them in a folder. I like to collect them. Um, but it's not like this game or meta game, right. Where, um, it means that like, now I can't beat you at this game because I haven't spent as much money as you. And to me, inherently, that's not. Fair? Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. A good feeling to have. It 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 creates FOMO, right? And it creates this like second, right? Like somebody feels lesser than. So that brings down a bunch of points for me as far as um it being a top tier. Um also there's just like I, I played for a long time. My brother in law super into it. He got me into it. I ended up with like shoe boxes of fucking cards fucking everywhere man and like folders full of cards <laughs> my I cards like, i don't yeah i don't want this shit in my house so um and it's like 
to how yeah so that also brings it down a bunch of points is i don't want all this shit in my house so that's why this digital new digital version is fucking great because i can play it for five minutes on my phone uh and not have to have like 80 shoe boxes full of cards um although if i did keep collecting I'd probably fucking rich uh with all the fucking magic cards I could sell online, but that's why it's on a top tier lockout. A very long explanation as to why. Hey, Bobby, I thought you, uh, where, where's that door go to? Oh, there's, there's nothing in there. Don't worry about it. You open it. There's like an avalanche. My magic cards. <laughs> yeah. Stacks and stacks of elf fall mm-hmm. over. Don't open the door. No, my magic cards. <laughs> my magic oh. cards. Oh, my arbiter card. <laughs> That's Magic the Gathering. I got to say, Clue is simpler gameplay. Mm-hmm. Magic the Gathering is a lot more complicated. Yeah, I feel like I... No, I haven't, had play, I haven't played Magic the Gathering. I feel like Clue is a more fun game to play with a, with a lower barrier of entry. Yeah, for sure. What are you thinking, Ray? I agree. Um, uh, better, right? That's the... We're talking better gameplay. This is a tough one. Uh, I will. I don't know. I think Magic: The Gathering has better gameplay than Clue, just because it's it's just they're two different animals. That's a tough one. I think for me, uh, I am leaning towards Clue because I think the best game is the one where more people can play together, and I think Magic: The Gathering deserves a lot of praise. But it is not only, as I mentioned, cost prohibitive, it is not easy to learn. It is not friendly. It does not hold your hand. Um, so I think the better gameplay, again, you can play, what, like four to six? <laughs> like up to four to six people in Clue? Like, that's a good time. And I think at the end of the day, like, that's what it's about. So it's great right. for me. Clue for me, too. Clue. Wow. Clue takes it. Clue takes it. All right, next up, third matchup, first round, topic mm-hmm. best gameplay. This is Pretty Pretty Princess versus Crossfire. <laughs> Crossfire. Crossfire. Uh, yeah, uh, tonally, two very different games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, think, think the random bracket I know. Uh, I know. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm, still, I'm still a bracket truther, I think. <laughs> Uh, you still think I I, uh, I cook the book? Yeah, I think these are editorialized. Mm, you you think way too highly of me, <laughs> sir. Uh, so first up, a game I love, um, uh, Pretty Pretty Princess. Uh, tell me, have you guys played this? I'm familiar with it. I have not played it myself, but I'm familiar. I have uh, not played. Well, maybe I did play it, um, but I have. I'm very familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. It's only for the popular girls and no uh, no boys allowed. Uh, pretty Pretty Princess, not a very advanced game. Very simple game. The object is to like collect a complete set of this like princess jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, say what you will about it being very um, gendered and very um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, sexist. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you're going around the board. You're you're putting on all of this costume. This like really ridiculous over-the-top costume jewelry um so i think i always thought it was super fun because there's this like cosplay element where you're like 
uh, half a game, half a not great board game, but then dress up and it's fun and silly. Yeah. Like a tiara, fake, like little ear, like, like little clip on earrings, the scary black ring. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder if that game was like uh, an awakening for a lot of, uh, like a lot of people like to their goth phase, like, oh, sh- give me that black ring. Yeah. Just as soon as they like, just like put it on their finger, you just hear the cure playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that just so speaking of the whole like if you'll if you will if you'll <laughs> indulge me here I will what so this was clearly um you will thank you this was a game that was released uh cynically marketed towards you know towards girls right little, little girls mm-hmm. um uh and if there was one at the time that was I think I think that there should have been either uh, the game should have been either marketed for boys and girls. Of course, at the time it wouldn't have, that would never have happened. So they should have released an assist or a companion. They should have released a companion a game, <laughs> a brother version of this. And maybe we can do that as the second best show. Uh, another merch, uh, which mm-hmm. should be called beach metal detector guy. Oh, so where you col- it's basically the same thing. You collect jewelry um, but you do it, you take on the role as a beach metal detector guy. <laughs> Are you with me? Are you yeah, with me on yeah. this? Yeah, I'm into it. Um, or like, uh, pawn shop extraordinaire, um, where you're like collecting other people's jewelry and like, they've all got sad stories about why they're selling their jewelry. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give me the jewelry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The state sale grifter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this Grif- came Grifty Grifter. <laughs> this came from my pappy back in uh, the. He was part of the union, and uh, he carried this uh, this this gold ring with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just give me the gold ring. Yeah. Oh, this gold <laughs> ring. Oh, sorry to say, I don't even think it's real, buddy. I mean, I'll take it off your hands, but not going to give you a lot of money for it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's a ten dollar bill. Just just give me the gold ring. <laughs> Just like Mousetrap, this is a game that is nobody still has all the pieces to this game. Like there are oh, like yeah. little pieces of plastic jewelry all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe it gets a, uh, you know, pilfered for like a Halloween costume yes. one year and it just never makes it way. Never makes it way, makes back. Its way back into the box. Yeah. And then you're fucked. Yep. Then you're just a pretty princess, not a pretty, pretty princess. And then little Jimmy maybe choked on a piece. Um, So that's gone. <laughs> I would like to see a Pretty Pretty Princess uh, expansion pack, like a DLC or something that has, um, you know, things for different, um, you know, maybe a Handsome Handsome Prince, uh, Funny Funny Jester, Ooh. all of the different people in a castle, but like as expansions for this game. Uh, so like, uh, you know, like the Burger King characters and all of Oh, that. Bobby, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> I will say that um, this game is kind of what it does. That's I think is kind of cool. Was that um, it is my understanding it was like a little bit of a role playing thing, like fantasy role playing, um, because you get to like get the jewelry and wear it and like kind of pretend that you're right, like mm-hmm. a character in the game. And if that was a kind of a stepping stone for anybody to kind of nurture that part of them and maybe move on to like D&D or, or become more of somebody who's interested in 
in, in fantasy role playing or anything like that. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a shame. It, it, it has the, uh, you know, stigma attached to it, you know, right. There's a lot, it's very problematic. Right. But like, I think you're right. I think there's like, when you put on a costume, like if you've ever been in a play or you go to like what Halloween is always fun. Cause you feel different when you have a costume on. Yeah. Right. Like you get that imaginative immersive, like, yeah. Imagination, like creativity. And yeah. Yeah. So we got pretty, pretty princess. Tell me about crossfire. 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 You know, the song, you probably remember the commercial. I, have a question for you guys, uh, my esteemed co-host. Um, I need your hot take on this. That kid in the commercial who loses, he's dead, right? Oh, he's totally dead. Yeah. Obliterate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just like spins away at like a velocity that I think his limbs would just fly off mm-hmm. and he flies off into oblivion mm-hmm. and he's humiliated. Him for all <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cage match. Like what's happening? Like crossfire is like, what's being played in the afterworld in the mall fortress, like for food. And like (laughs) that commercial, that commercial is everything about this game, right? Like Mm -hmm. that commercial is almost has, has taken a life of its own. It's (laughs) what is it? Post-apocalyptic future. It's a battle between two young men, right? It's like the ultimate challenge. Like the the winner of this will feed their family tonight, and the loser, <laughs> the the loser will be made an example of. Ooh, I like that. Yes, we'll we'll put a link to the uh, to the commercial in the show notes. Uh, the promise, like what they're what <laughs> like what they're promising you, this experience is going to be like. versus what the actually what the gameplay is. You know, it's funny when I look at this. I, I had a, a a bit of an epiphany that this game is very much. Like the game I mentioned last week when I went to California Extreme called Hyperball. Mm-hmm. That was like oh, Crossfire yeah. the Pinball Machine. Oh, yeah. Um, but this, um, you know, I think when I look at this, the PvP nature of this game, where it's literally just like, I'm just shooting at another person. Like, I'm just shooting metal balls at you. <laughs> this It's not a <laughs> very like, complicated game. No, yeah, you're shooting metal balls to like push a spinner across the board yeah. and like like dunk it in the net and then there you go. Yeah. There's also like no strategy to it at all. Mm-hmm. It's just brute force. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um how long does a crossfire is it a match? Okay, I'm going to look at the official rules here because um to me like th- playing this as a kid it really just evolved into the shooty toy. And then you put you put other shit on the board and shoot it with like the little guns. <laughs> Official playing time is five minutes. Okay, it's so funny. So like, pretty pretty princess, pretty pretty princess was marketed towards young girls. Crossfire was marketed towards the opposite, right? Like young boys, just as cynical mm-hmm. as the other. Just right? as like cynical. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like little boys oh, yeah. like to to shoot guns so they like to shoot guns mm-hmm. and they like to go crazy right uh yeah. and and there's hoverboards in the commercial and, <laughs> and they like smoke and i don't know battle royale and they're very aggressive and they want to shoot things yeah. i propose that we merge these two games into one hmm. um crossy crossy crossfires or Crossfire, or even you take Crossfire and you like merge it with like Electronic Mall Madness. Oh wait, never mind. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> canty, canty, canceled. <laughs> But yeah, so, okay, putting that aside, Crossfire and some of the other games, if we uh, just take take Crossfire and mix it with some of these, like Pretty Pretty Princess or whatnot, I think think we could market, uh, we can have a marketing bonanza here and just market to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, so what I'm reading here, kind of catching up because I think again, um, I I can't I can't say that I've officially played this legit because uh, I can't confirm all the pieces were there. But apparently, like those two little like uh, like the objective is to push these different shapes into the other person's goal. It's like you get three of them Mm -hmm. and you win, right? So you just got to shoot the absolute fucking bejesus out of the other person in the shape. yeah, the more I look at this, it's more just like, what if we put two BB guns on a board and we sold it to kids? Gameplay-wise, uh, these are both similarly simple games. Mm-hmm. I would say that Pretty Pretty Princess, for me, I'm going to vote for Pretty Pretty Princess gameplay-wise over Crossfire because Crossfire is just you sitting there pushing something um, yeah. right. over and over and over again. Uh, for me, it's... It's uh, it's pretty pretty princess. I there's a lot of shit attached to it that's not great, but I think it's a better game. I think it leads to better things like a little bit of cosplay, dressing up, imagine imagination, imagination. and yep. it's nicer. And um, yeah, if you lose with the black ring, it just means you're gonna go listen to Depeche Mode, and that's all good. <laughs> Rock out to Depeche Mode and um. The cure, yeah, pretty pretty princess. I'm with you guys. Pretty pretty princess takes it. What do we got next? Uh, we have our last matchup in run one. Best gameplay. We're looking at sorry versus Popomatic Trouble. So I've played both of these. Um, in a sense, they kind of. To me, they fill the same space, the same room. There's even similarities like in the color scheme, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy both of them. They're kind of classic. I remember Sorry being a very boring game to play. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels very tedious. It's very boring. Um, I don't remember a lot of like our knockdown drag out uh, Sorry games, <laughs> you know, when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Bobby, what do you think? Uh, I think that anybody who's playing it isn't sorry uh, when they fuck you over. Um, and again, yeah, it's like very old game and it's kind of parcheesy, just different branding for a different region. Mm. And yeah, I think it's a good, I think you age out of this really quickly. Yes. Right. Like, I think it's a good gateway, <laughs> like gateway uh, board game mm-hmm. or like a good way to teach like, fundamentals of board game play. Um, but I think you kind of age out of it and you want something a little more advanced. What is the moral of the game? It's called sorry. Moral. Right? It's called mm-hmm. sorry. And and basically like you you just bump people from the, like their position yeah. in the in the in the right? It, their position in the board 
and then you kind of like bump them back. You take over like their spot and then they get yeah. knocked back and you're supposed to feel sorry for that. Does it teach you compassion? No, it doesn't teach you compassion. It teaches you the opposite of compassion. It teaches you that you can do whatever you want as long as you say sorry afterwards. Oh, that, mm, yeah, wow. man, that cuts deep. That explains deep. so yeah. much. Bunch of sociopaths. Sorry. No, I feel like shitting and grilling. Sorry. Do you guys want to hear some alternate names uh, for sorry? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. please. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Here's here's a few. This must be so frustrating to you. That's one. <laughs> I like it. Uh, another one is, uh, I'm sorry for my actions. Here's what I'll do differently next time. Oh, that's that's delightful. That's healthy. Yep. Uh, here's the next one. All my warmest wishes to you and your family. Mm. Um, this is a little bit of a longer one, but remember, this game came out 92 years ago. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, I'm going to put on a little bit of a of an accent here. My darling, I am gutted and feel terrible for what I did. Can you please forgive me? I ask that you give me a chance to correct my mistakes. I'm willing to do whatever you want to fix this situation. That's thorough. That's very thorough. Yeah. Yeah. And then last, do you think that one? Pat, would have passed the uh the t- okay and then the last one is you know, um, ink is expensive um oh, all right so i think this last one would have sufficed it's uh welcome to the oc bitch <laughs> <laughs> uh i also would have accepted thoughts and prayers Ooh, yeah see i would i would have gone more kind of like the um uh yeah the other way and have uh um some of the alternate titles would be uh something like i'm sorry if you were offended <laughs> like the sorry not sorry thing like yeah 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 sorry not yeah, sorry yeah. uh go fuck yourself um that's that's a classic yeah okay. get fucked get fucked get like, fucked <laughs> second best official um motto uh those are all better titles uh for possibly better games that we could create um yeah sorry is not honestly yeah it's not really much to there's like four colors you're trying to move those pieces like in a in a chain back to kind of in like their home row, right? And you got to kind of just like oh, I know, like hope to. It's like it's like that layer of like yeah chance, right? Yeah. Like it's all chance. Yes. It's Sorry, just, what? Yeah. Um, about ten years ago, though, they tried to breathe some life into it um, by introducing Sorry with fire and ice power ups. I was not aware of this. Yeah, so fire gave upon the ability to move ahead quickly before the player's turn, and ice stops upon from stops a pawn from being moved or removed from play at all. Fire and ice power ups. Sounds cool, still tedious. That was the like bare bones they could have gone with it. Like, yeah. ah, let's yeah. just throw fire and ice on there. Uh, good job. I'd rather just have a parcheesi board <laughs> versus. Versus Popomatic Trouble. Very similar game. This game had a very pleasing, like a like the touch. Tactile? Yes. Mm-hmm. The tactile, uh, the feeling of it, the tactile feeling of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Popomatic oh, sound. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oddly satisfying the board game. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of pieces right with games with a lot of different pieces this game mm-hmm. gave you the die in an enclosed space <laughs> yeah um yeah. which i really appreciate <laughs> because yeah. then you don't have to hunt for the die afterwards like more more yeah. board games should have incorporated this 
in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, having a like a bathroom key attached to a brick, right? It's like you're not losing this this dice. Um, it's a little patronizing, but at the end of the day, it's very helpful. Uh, thanks, Hasbro, for saving me from myself. <laughs> uh, so speaking of board gaming renaissance, we're touching on something that I think still has not been perfected yet and is... Uh, how does all this shit go back in the fucking box? Yes. Is the meta game you play after you're done with any of these. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's actually led to like this like cottage industry. You can check out the site called broken token where uh, these folks get together and they like 3d print or different materials where you can replace the inserts of the original in the original box you bought, but it is a optimized for space for all the things that come inside of the box. That's genius. So you buy a better Monopoly box insert or ticket to ride or whatever you're playing um, that actually fits all the pieces appropriately, logically. It's very organized. That's cool. Um, Who knows? Really love cool. organization. Uh, yeah. Broken token for your favorite. See, games. that's much better than just what uh, my family would do with at the end of a game and just drag the trash can over and just throw it all <laughs> in the trash. <laughs> Fuck you, Parcheesi. We played it once. Real game, Andy, in my ass. <laughs> Trashed. Uh, so I think this comes down to uh, <laughs> that Pop-O-Matic was satisfying fuck. And yeah. for sorry. Sorry, sorry, get fucked. Pop-O-Matic. Man, we are just... Uh, unanimous. Unanimous. That's, Weird. It's yeah. Pop-O-Matic trouble, baby. We're parallel tonight, guys. Hell yeah. Drift compatible, bitch. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry. Popomatic trouble takes it. All right. Ori. In memoriam? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll take the memories to be my Magic sunshine the gathering. after the rain. Crossfire. It's so hard to say Sorry. goodbye <laughs> to yesterday. Finn. Bravo! Gentlemen, we've survived another round one. You know what that means? It's time for corrections and feedback. Uh, Second Best Nation has has spoken, um, and they have told me that Sublime is not Ska. I still disagree, but I will keep my powder dry for that conversation later. Sam, my response to that is... Go fuck yourself! (laughs) Um... Uh, someday we're going to talk about some blind. We're going to talk about long beach dub all stars and uh, fading stars and broken promises. Today is not that day. <laughs> um, also Sprite boy was quite popular and by popular, mm. I mean, really <laughs> just terrifying. Um, so uh, some, some uh, feedback that, uh, that we got about Sprite Boy. Uh, only people following a keto diet are safe from Sprite Boy because uh, there's, you know, mm-hmm. no sugar there. Um, Is that uh, you? Yeah, my wife was like, holy shit, I, you got me with that one, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, literally nothing about this makes me want to drink a Coke. Um, there's a picture that you can find on our Instagram um, where uh, Santa is reaching into a fridge to grab a Coke and Sprite boy again, he's got his little index finger next to his mouth as if to say quiet. I'm sneaking up on Santa because I'm going to murder him. Murdering Santa. 
Bobby, what'd you hear? Yeah, so the feedback I received from a listener is that we got some flack for avoiding the Noid. I can't believe we forgot the Noid. The Noid, Domino's mascot. Yeah, uh, pretty terrifying. Uh, maybe we'll revisit this someday mm-hmm. uh, down the line and maybe do a heads up uh, with more scary mascots. But yeah, the Noid, I think it was it would be a solid entry. Uh, we'll give him a pass because uh, <laughs> he had a good video game. <laughs> believe it or not. Good video game, The Noid. Anything that has a good video game gets a pass. Yeah. That's been Corrections and Feedback from Second Best Nation. Hit us up on the website or socials if you have feedback, or if you have a hot take of your own to share with us. Reach out. Semifinals. That means it's a new theme. What's our theme? Theme for this, for the semifinals, is best game for siblings. If you didn't have a sibling... Friends or cousins, whatever you want to swap that out for. We all got siblings here. Um, Yeah, uh, I spent a lot of time uh, playing games with my older brother. And I'll tell you what, uh, there's some heated GoldenEye arguments in our past. Still. Like odd job, slappers only? Oh, slappers only. (laughs) Yeah, it's a, you're too short, odd job. Yeah. Yeah, he should be um, jettisoned out of that game. That's just not fair. But yeah, I've I've almost I've had some close calls uh, in real life call uh, close calls with uh, you know Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm there with you guys. All right, let's talk about board games. What do we got? All right, board games. First matchup, semifinals. Best game for siblings: Electronic Mall Madness versus Clue. Uh, do, do you guys think that? Um, there is more of a chance of sibling rivalry with while playing Electronic Mall Madness. Like, which one between these two would you end up with your parents like kicking the door in, um, telling you to shut the fuck up? <laughs> more than you know, would it be Electronic Mall Madness or Clue? I have a feeling that it would be ele- Electronic Mall Madness. Like, yeah. Yeah, because like yeah, that thing was loud and it yeah. It's my turn with the credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Um we're trying to sleep and it's like I don't know. It's it's sometime in the early or late at night or whatever, and your parents are trying to sleep and you're playing a game and you're starting to get rowdy and in the fight. Um, I think uh, and your parents just kick down the door. So I think right? So I think yeah. to me, I think that for siblings, the better game to play is clue but the more um the more fun to talk about is electronic mall madness <laughs> yeah there is an element of clue where you could be a cheater because somebody's got to stuff those three cards mm-hmm. into the manila folder the evidence folder or whatever um there are more <laughs> ways for you to be a shitty cheater each of these has a random element to it so that every time you play it, it's a little bit different, especially Mall of Madness. That can really like shift wildly, like from different play sessions. I feel also just uh, putting some points towards Electronic Mall Madness. Can we call it EMM for short? Um, <laughs> it's geared towards kids, I think. And I think it's just more fun. So they may have more fun playing it as opposed to Clue. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Gut feeling. I feel like Electronic Mal Madness is 
is where it's at. Yeah. And you've got great stores in there, like uh, Frump's Fashion Boutique, <laughs> Sweaty's Sports, Hocus Focus Cameras. Um, and much like malls in real life, are they all owned by the same conglomerate? Oh, absolutely. Suncoast Motion Picture Company. <laughs> what was that one store? What was that one store at the at that all the malls had that was like Wet Seal had like Chris like thank you that sold like Claire's thank you that sold like uh, crystals and like pan flute CDs. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. 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 Um. I just looked up. The, uh, I I just looked this up, and you're absolutely right. Um, it's called the Nature Company. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and they sold geodes, polished rocks, stone spheres, crystals. Ah, uh, I could I could go for some pan flute. All right, I think uh, it's sounding like the group's leaning towards electronic ball madness. Not something I saw coming, but yeah, I think we're yeah, all in agreement. Yep. yep. Yeah. There's a there's a classicness. There's a classiness to Clue. But uh, yeah, I think Mall Madness, like, look at that goddamn, like, look, at, go look on the internet, look up the, the, just the board itself. Like, it's just, it is a spectacle in a box. It's like uh vaporwave, garbagey art threw up on a bunch of cardboard. It's just great. Oh, yeah. It's that, 90s. It. It's 90s. Yeah. It's quintessential yeah, yeah. 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, honestly, it's like, yeah, it's a little bit of a nostalgia play. Love playing it with my sister. Um, so yeah, good for siblings. Yeah. EMM takes it. Takes it. And then your sister takes it from you, and then you take it back, and then your sister takes it again. And then, yeah. And then your dad comes in <laughs> and takes it from both of you. Dad takes it away. <laughs> now you're both grounded. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Last matchup in the semifinals. Best game for siblings. Pretty Pretty Princess versus Popomatic Trouble. Hmm. Four siblings. What are you playing? You're looking at both boxes. You're sitting there going, I'm fucking bored. <laughs> um, Pretty Pretty Princess, again, it has more bells and whistles, right? It's got more colors, literally. It's got more fun. Um, I, you know, it's not beach metal detector guy, but it's close. <laughs> um, Popomatic is just clean. If not a little bit vanilla or it's, it's the, it's like, it's the missionary position, right? Of, of board games. I guess sorry is, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Popomatic trouble is very much, it's similar to sorry. It's, it's your, you are, um, uh, you're sabotaging. Um, you're sending players back. Um, it's basically like conflict the game, mm-hmm. which is always fun. Yeah, I think uh, Pop Mag Trouble has the wider appeal, right? Like depending on your sibling breakdown, uh, skews older, skews younger, mm-hmm. is not gendered. If you have a, if you're, a, I don't know, if you're anybody and you have a problem playing Pretty Pretty Princess, get over yourself. But also, I get that it's like loaded with a bunch of stereotypes but i'd like the i'd like the right we talked about it right the the 
imaginative part of it, right? Like the cosplaying part of it. Like the, there's a X factor there that none of these other things kind of include. But I think the one, yeah, I just think right now, I Popomatic Trouble has a wider sibling appeal. Yeah, but uh, but you're looking at the two boxes, you're bored out of your mind. And think about popping that thing. Uh. Like I want to do like a, a, I want to do a guided meditation with people. <laughs> all, all based around the Popomatic feature of this game. You know how in luxury cars, like the doors, when they close, it's not like clang, it's like a flip. Mm-hmm. That's that's what this is. It's just like I want like a fidget spinner with a popomatic die on it. I could just yeah. Uh, I'll I'll put my vote into. I think you guys convinced me. I think popomatic trouble over pretty pretty princess just because of the sound for, the- for me. <laughs> <laughs> just like the a, sound takes it. Okay, it's like an Apple extended keyboard. Flip, flip, yeah. flip. Like <laughs> it's like it's like the kid version of getting high with your friends. And like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna make that popomatic like my my text tone on my phone. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Popomatic trouble takes it, pops it. The only trouble here is outdated. Gender stereotypes. Bob, I'm out of trouble. Pops into the finals. Woo. All right. Gentlemen. Before we go to the finals. Yes. Would you like to play a game? Two questions. One, I love it. And two, what are we playing? All right. <laughs> I figure since we're talking so much about games, we should play a game. Um, becoming one of my favorite features of the second best show. Uh, there's a little game I call second best time machine. Ooh. Can you guys uh want to see who gets the most points here? So I need someone to keep track. Sam. I need a I need a scorekeeper. Sure. That's Sam. <laughs> it's always this, Sam. this has worked so well in the past. Sam. Okay. Sam. Uh okay. So I'm gonna ask you guys a series of multiple choice questions about uh second bests throughout history. And I'm Ooh. targeting the nineties since we're talking about nineties board games. So Ooh. uh it's gonna focus on Second bests across pop culture and media. Love it. Here we go. Gentlemen, can you tell me what was the second best selling hip hop album of 1996? Ooh, 96. Okay. A. Tupac, All Eyes on Me. B. R. Kelly's self titled R. Kelly. C. The Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Or was it D. Keith Sweat? And his self-titled album, Keith Sweat. 96 would have been too late for Keith Sweat. I question uh, whether your third choice is actually hip-hop or not. Um, Tupac was not as best-selling in 96. I'm going to say it's R. Kelly. I'm going to say it's the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Or if Eve is correct, (gasps) he gets the point. Waiting to Exhale is your second best-selling hip-hop album of 1996. The rest of these were actually albums, uh, uh, chart-topping albums in 1996. Boom, shake the room, baby. Bullshit. <laughs> the rhyme is a football, y'all, and I went and threw it. <laughs> Here we go. Ready for round two. That's one point for Ori V. Yeah. Can you tell me the second best-selling video game of 1997 in the United States of America 
Was it A, Super Mario 64? B, Star Fox 64? C, Star Wars Shadow of the Empire? Or D, Madden NFL? Never doubt Madden, but I want to say Star Fox because Star Fox was the bomb. I'm going Star Fox. I'm going A, Mario 64, even though I think I'm a little late. Don't you fucking look this up on the internet. (laughs) So, Sam, you're saying Star Fox 64, or you're going with? Mario 64. That's one point for Sam Cohen, Star Fox 64. Oh. Second best-selling game, video game of 1997. God, I loved Star Fox. Oh, I loved Star Fox so much. Was that was that Slippy? Yeah. <laughs> Sam, you love Star Fox so much. What animal was Slippy? A frog, right? Oh yeah, hell yeah. A toad. Right? Nice. Very good. Very good. Very good. That's one point apiece. The second best single of '99 based on plays, not sales. Okay. Was it A? Blue. <laughs> parentheses. Daba D. By Eiffel 65. Was it B. Mambo number no. five by the incomparable Lou Bega? <laughs> was it C. Living La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin? Or was it D. No Scrubs TLC? Say 99. Yep. This feels like Mambo number no. five. <sighs> I am going to go with Mambo number no. five as well. All right. Uh, combine that makes Mambo number no. 10. You both lose. Oh. Still tied. Was it living a vida loca? What? No, I think it was scrub. No scrubs. You guys want to go? You guys want to eliminate and keep going? Yeah. Split the dip. Yeah. And- yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What are you saying? Living la vida loca. I'm saying no scrubs. Or he takes it. Ooh. It's no scrubs. That's a also official second best show stance. No scrubs. No pigeons. Yeah. Get your shit together. Was you got a full point for that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a point five. Let's call it's called point five. Point two five. Story of my fucking life. <laughs> okay, here we go. Next one. Second best time machine. Next question. Second best selling book on Amazon in 1998. Is it A. Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Albom? Is it B. Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, a novel by Rebecca Wells? Is it C, The Nine Steps to Financial Freedom by Susie Orman? Or is it D, Rainbow Six by Tom Clancy? Late 90s, Amazon.com. It was B. Uh, D. You're going with the Clance? I'm going with the Clance. Or you're going with B? Yeah, that's right. I'm going with the pants. Sam's going with the, cl- with the Clance or he's going with the pants? Uh, well, that's a lock and load with a headshot and one point for Sam Cohen because it's Tom Clancy in Rainbow Six. I read that book in high school. It was all about it. It was a huge fucking mark for that shit. We're tied up, Ori. Here we go. Second best time machine. Second highest grossing movie of 1992. Is it A, Lethal Weapon 3? Is it B, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York? Is it C, Sister Act? Or is it D, Batman Returns? 92 was one of those years. One of those years with a lot of good movies. Second highest grossing of 92. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of these aren't necessarily first place. These aren't one through four. This this is, yeah, a smattering of pretty much the top tens. I'm going to say Sister Act. That shit was a tour de force. 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Sister Act. I'm gonna say Sister Act too, or as well. Oh shit! I'm gonna say Sister Act as well. I'm sorry, gentlemen. Male rage prevails. It was Lethal Weapon three. I think they finally cracked it with that third one. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that was Lethal Weapon three. Uh, last one. Tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Oh, tiebreaker. Here we go. Gonna mix it up a little bit here. We're going across the pond. It's the second best-selling sales, not plays, for the U- in the UK. The second best-selling UK song of 1991 was it A? I do it for you, Brian Adams. Uh, B. I'm too sexy by Right Said Fred. Was it C? Bohemian Rhapsody slash These Are the Days of Our Lives by Queen. Or D. Do the Bartman by The Simpsons. Apparently. I'm going with B. Right said Fred, baby. I'm not I'm not gonna go with you on that, uh, Ori. I am I'm going with Bartman. I think it's just ridiculous enough to be true. You're both wrong. Uh I'm gonna let you guys split the difference for the tiebreaker here. Uh you're looking at A and C, I do it for you by Brian Adams, or C, Bohemian Rhapsody. Alright, it was it was uh Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm going with Brian Adams. Ori Vives, the winner of Second Best Time Machine, takes it. It's Queen. Never bet against Queen. Official Second Best Show stance. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, yeah, this has been Second Best Time Machine. I think it's time to move on. Let's award the silver medal. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, let's give somebody a silver tiara. The second the official Second Best Show tiara. Uh, for the finals, the heads up, matchup, straight up, no theme. Electronic Mall Madness versus Popomatic Trouble. Electronic Mall Madness is something you'd play with your siblings, something you'd uh, punch your siblings over or have a good time uh, with. It is um, has some good gameplay, right? Popomatic mm-hmm. also. Both of those things are true for Popomatic. It's also very um, tidy. Popomatic keeps all your die in one spot, which uh, points for that. Easy cleanup. Although I will, yeah, easy cleanup. But here's the thing: this Popomatic trouble has really coasted—not coasted, but has really um, the whole Popomatic aspect of it has really <laughs> taken it. Far. It's doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Yes. Yeah, it's doing yeah. a lot of heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. You take that out. And it's just like we're not talking. Sorry. Yeah, it's just sorry. Mm-hmm. I think this becomes an easy one for me. I think Electronic Mob Madness beats Popomatic Trouble. You kind of sold me on that, yeah. Like once you take out the uh, the very very satisfying pop, um, it's kind of uh, it's a it's simply a sorry knockoff. Yeah, I think uh, Ball Madness 2 like still has broad like broad appeal across players like ages. It's not too difficult. It is a little bit like, you know, it's like fetch fetch quest, right? You got to like complete the tasks, whatever. Like you get this whole check little checklist and pegs to make sure you get all the things to win. Um, It's like easy to play, um, fun to play again and again and again. It's kind of different every time you play it. It's novel, like the board is really cool. For the time, right? Like, but yeah, Pop My Trouble is just like better parcheesy 
What would an updated electronic mall madness be like? Would it just be like Amazon? I'm glad you asked because there is one, oh. which you can get at Target. Let's take a look real quick. Not a sponsor. Target, please sponsor us. The classic shopping spree game. Oh, that looks like shit. That looks like. That looks like absolute trash. So get fucked, modern mall madness. Modern mall madness. It looks like has stripped away everything that we're that we enjoyed about the mall, the electronic part of mall madness. Well, if you think about it, it's sort of a sign of the times, isn't it? It's a very fitting metaphor for malls in general. Yeah, I think this is a. I think again, we're drift compatible. All the way down the line, guys. This is yeah. pleasant. We need. I know this was too pleasant. Yeah. We need some more conflict on this show. Yeah, this is too cooperative for Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I need a sore winner here. I need a sore loser. Somebody get mad about something. Well, I am furious that Ma- Electronic Mall Madness takes it. It is your second best '90s board game. That is the official silver medal right there. Someone call M- Milton Bradley. <laughs> And let them know that they're on our list for second best, and they can put our uh, quotes. They can start. They can use our quotes. They can put our our official seal. <laughs> Electronic uh, bracket madness. That's our game. Yeah, there you go. If you are a sore winner or a sore loser from this bracket, let us know at thesecondbestshow.com, where you can find our links to our socials. You can find links to uh, past brackets, past winners, and lots of other goodies. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, It helps the show. It also helps if you give us some retweets, tell some friends, uh, spread the word. Bye. Can we do it on three? I'll okay. take I'll take like a I'll take the high. Okay, you take. No, I'll take the low. I'll take the low. I can go straight. Uh, I can take the high, Sam. If you want to go in the middle. Okay. Uh, I'll take the alto. You take soprano. You take bass. Okay. And uh, uh, is it on three or is it one two three then go? I think it's one two three then go. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. One two. Yeah. One two three. Cross, Crossfire. Crossfire. <laughs> <laughs>